Praise God. First Thessalonians chapter 3. We're going to read the first three verses. Everybody got it? Say amen. Amen. It says, Wherefore, we could no longer forbear as thought we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith that no man should be moved by these afflictions for yourselves know that we are appointed there unto. Hallelujah. Going to blast the shofar. We want you to give the Lord a shout of praise for the word today. Come on. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, an appointment with affliction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 2 Thessalonians, amen, uh, the Apostle Paul was told how much he wanted to be, amen, with the Thessalonians, praise God, during their time of trial. Amen. In chapter 2, he is... Uh, he tells them how much that he wants to be with them because they are being persecuted. They are facing, amen, a, a terrible time of tribulation, a time of trial, amen. But we know that since he couldn't be there, amen, the Bible says that he sent Timothy, Timothy being a co-laborer, amen, of Paul. He sent Timothy instead, amen. And I, I think we've, we've said this before, but I think it's important right now to just reiterate in chapter and verse 2, excuse me, amen, he says that uh, he uh, refers to Timothy as a minister of God, amen, when we think of the word minister, amen, we often think of, uh, amen, a preacher, someone who is ordained to preach, maybe you think of someone with, amen, the banded collar with the white uh, collar in between, amen, but uh, we think about it in that way. But here, amen, uh, it's not a title, it's not someone who is an ordained preacher, but the original uh, word for minister, it denotes the service of a table waiter. Amen, it is a one that is offers lowly service of any kind. So anyone that offered service to anyone else, uh, amen, would have been considered a minister. So it's used here to denote the service of a table waiter. Amen. So it wasn't here that uh, he was calling Timothy an ordained preacher or giving Timothy a title. He was simply saying, amen, that Timothy was just a, a, like a table waiter. He waited on God. Amen. We wait for God and then we wait on God. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Amen. And so this is what Timothy was. It was one that would have been like a table server, amen, that would have taken care of all of the needs that were necessary according to what God said. And we, uh, we see in these scriptures here, you just stay with me for a minute, amen, that Paul is encouraging Timothy, hallelujah, he wanted Timothy to do two things to the church uh, at Thessalonica, amen, to the church of the Thessalonians, he wanted Paul to do, or Timothy, to do two things, number one was to establish, and the other was to encourage, now here's what I think we miss, 
Both are necessary. It is yes. necessary, amen, to establish and encourage. But can I tell you, amen, that you must, amen, encouragement only comes after, amen, we establish that we are going in the right direction. Amen. Today, there's a lot of encouragement coming from the pulpits. Amen. There's a lot of encouragement in the name of God. Amen. For the faith coming from a lot of ministers, a lot of ministries, a lot of social media, internet ministries. There's a lot of encouragement coming. Amen. But you don't hear a lot about the direction that they need to go first. Can I tell you that we must establish where we're going before we encourage because if we don't, we are encouraging them in the wrong direction. If we do not establish in our faith who we're serving, that salvation and that Jesus is Lord and that our purpose is no matter who we are or where we come from, that we are born again and our goal is to make heaven our home. Our goal is to take as many with us as possible. If we do not establish where our faith is headed, then we really do not do any sermon, any justice by being an encouragement. So I want you to know today, establish where you're going. Establish why you believe in what you believe. Establish why you've come to the house of the Lord today. And then be encouraged. Be of good cheer. Because, hallelujah, this thing is about over. And Jesus is coming for those who have established him as Lord. Look up. Press on. Praise on. Pray on. Be encouraged. I know a lot of things are happening. But I'm telling you today, be encouraged. can only come after we are established in the right direction. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. So we understand that the Apostle Paul didn't send Timothy there to inspect the church. He didn't go there to send Timothy to inspect it, but he sent Timothy there to help them. I want to help somebody today. Is that all right? I come with a word from God, I believe. Hallelujah, in my belly to help somebody today. Look at your neighbor and say an appointment with affliction. Hallelujah. As they were established. You see, they were established in where they were going. They knew what direction they were headed. This is why they were getting persecuted. This is why they were facing opposition. This is why they were, amen, going through, amen, difficult times. It's because they had already established where they were going, amen, and now they needed to be encouraged. Paul wanted to make sure that they didn't give up on their faith. Paul wanted to make sure that what they were believing, that they knew what they were doing and what they were believing and what they were standing for was going to be worth it. Hallelujah. Can I tell somebody the hell that you have been through? Amen. Let me tell you something. I'm just going to be real. 2023 has not been my favorite year. Amen. Praise the Lord. And it doesn't matter what hell that you have went through, what season that you are in. I might see in a wilderness. Hallelujah. Pain, grief, sorrow. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. God is still God. And He's still worthy to be praised. And He's still faithful to His people all the way to the end. So be encouraged today. It's going 
that they would not be shaken by these afflictions. Come on, yeah. come on. Who am I talking to today besides Jeff? Come on, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I've already ate this and I've already prayed, repented, praised, worshiped, done all that I can do up to this point. Hallelujah. I will join you as we preach it. Hallelujah. But who am I talking to besides myself today? That they wouldn't be shaken by these afflictions. This word shaken is an ancient word that means the idea of a dog wagging its tail. Come on. Now, when a dog wags its tail, it's telling you, hey, I like you. Yeah. Right? Oh, this is a good thing. Amen. Hallelujah. When, when, when you got something that dog wants. Yeah. Come on. Wag that tail fast. Come on. They'll wag that tail and let you know, I love you. I think you're the best thing ever was. And as soon as you hold out your hand, if you're not careful, they will jump so quick that they'll bite the tip of your finger. Amen. I'm getting what they want. I need somebody to help me in this place. See, that dog flatters you by wagging its tail.
This was in God's control. Amen. This was a time. See, you got to understand that there are people, amen, praise the Lord, that are teaching. Hallelujah. There are believers and there are, amen, churches who teach. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that the, amen, the church of Thessalonia, what did Paul say to them? He said, hallelujah, that you should not be moved by these afflictions because you yourself know that they were appointed unto you. Amen. Their present, amen, time of suffering was in God's control. The afflictions that they were experiencing were appointed to them. Can I tell you that believers have an appointment with affliction? If God had a calendar and he kept track of it, I promise you that every covenant believer on your calendar with God, there would be a time set. There would be an appointment for you with affliction. Somebody help me in this place. Because the appointment with affliction, hallelujah, is part of the plan for God's people. You see, some believe and they teach that we shouldn't suffer affliction as believers. They teach that only God teaches, amen, only through his word. That he doesn't teach us through trials and tribulations. It's a very, a very real teaching and doctrine in the church, amen, that we are not supposed to suffer. And if you do, you have sinned and you are against the will of God. Well, evidently, I'm on my way to hell. That's all I can say to somebody else in this place. Evidently, I'm not saved and never have been. For that matter, even though it's been 43 years. Come on, somebody, do you understand? Hallelujah, they believe, amen, that Christians shouldn't suffer affliction, but that it's only God's word, amen, that teaches only by obeying the word of God, amen, is how you grow, amen, that's how he teaches you, amen, can I tell you that we can be spared some suffering if we obey his word? Come on! Sometimes we suffer because we don't obey his word, that's not what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the appointment with suffering. I'm talking about that appointment that is set for every believer. Hallelujah. We can be spared suffering, amen, according to them if we just obey the word. Amen. But we listen all suffering if we obey the word. But can I tell you something? Hebrews 5 and 8 has a very important scripture that I'm not sure those people, amen, understand who believe that or teach that understand. But it says that Jesus learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Jesus learned how to be obedient by the things that he suffered. And can I tell you, if Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, the Word made flesh, was not exempt from suffering, then how dare we even consider the idea that we ought to be exempt from suffering? Matter of fact, he said, take up your cross and follow me. We preached this been a while back, but you remember what happened when he took up his cross? It meant crucifixion. If you take up the cross, you're going to be crucified in the flesh. Somebody, do you hear me today? Somebody give the Lord. Hallelujah. I hang up the praise. There's some believers that believe affliction means God's 
angry with you. Means God is retaliating. That God is, is punishing you because of the affliction. But the truth is, is that He loves us enough to give us the best when we only desire easy. Everybody in here wants the easy way and don't act like you don't. How many How many of you that, amen, have got children, got kids, or if you've raised kids, uh, if you give them, amen, the difficult way, if you give them the way that was going to bring them, amen, going to cause them to work, uh, or you give them the easy way out, uh, they're going to pick the easy way. Uh, even the adults. Why? Because, uh, amen, we want the easy way. But the truth when it comes to affliction is that God loves us enough, amen, that he will give us the very best, even though we desire easy. Yes, sir. Amen. Stay with me. We're all about symbols, right? We're all about everything. What's the symbol of Christianity? The cross. Come on. You can't escape it. Look at your neighbor and say there's an appointment with affliction. There's an appointment with affliction. And affliction is part of following Jesus. So it shouldn't surprise us. No, not at all. Come on now. It should not surprise us. Many are the afflictions Come on. Ah. not of the world, but of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But hold on if you don't know it. The rest of it says, but Come on. <laughs> the Lord delivers them out of them all. Not just some of them, not just a portion of them, but all of them. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? So we shouldn't be surprised, hallelujah, with affliction. Now this word affliction, stay with me. Look at your neighbor say, listen. Listen. Listen, Linda. <laughs> I was thinking that you said it. <laughs> the word affliction means pressure. It means anguish. It means to be burdened. It means tribulation. It also means trouble. Yes, sir. But it comes from a root word that means to crowd to narrow or to throw. See, there are times when every direction we look, it seems that we are surrounded. Yeah. Yes. Come on. Yeah. When, when, when you begin to be pressed into by the tribulation, when you begin to be pressed into by the circumstances, amen, when the things that you are dealing with, amen, becomes weighty and it's a burden and the pressure and the anguish and the, amen, hallelujah, the narrowing, amen, when I think of narrow, I think there's not a whole a lot of uh, options at which you can go, that when, amen, they pin you in, Hallelujah. You're either going to go forward, go down, or go back. Come on, somebody, because 
You're not going to get out of it. Amen. Once it's there, you're not getting out of it. I wish somebody would help me. Hallelujah. You're not getting out of it, so you're either going to press forward and trust and believe the one who said, I will deliver you out of all afflictions, or you're going to collapse under the weight and the lack of trust in that he will carry you and his burden is light. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Or you're going to turn around because the enemy has caused you to be shaken. He's wagged his tail and enticed you that a different direction is a better way to go. And then he turned on you at the last minute. And now, not only can you not get out of the affliction, now you've walked out of the grace and the covenant of the one who's going to bring you through affliction. But thank that follows me all the days of my life. Because I would love to tell you in every affliction I kept going forward. But there were times I went down. Hallelujah. And I stayed down longer than I should have. But there were some times when I turned and I went the opposite direction. It didn't get rid of the trouble, but it just got rid of the one who is with me in my trouble. Paul was reminding them that when he was with them, he said, let me remind you that I told you when I was with you that there would be tribulation. Yeah. Remember when I was with you that I told you that you would suffer. But now he can no longer be with them. He can no longer be there. And he wondered if they were okay. He wanted to make sure that they were all right. So he sent Timothy. Hallelujah, glory to God. Read the rest of the chapter. Timothy came back with a good word for Paul. They're hanging in there. They're not giving in. They're not yeah. giving up. Paul said it was a good word for me. That gave me joy. I take joy in you, brother. That when I'm not with you, I count it all joy. Come on, somebody. Do you understand? Hallelujah. Because here's what Paul said. He said, I just want to make sure that you're encouraged and that you see a familiar face to remind you to hang in there. He said, so that your labor would not be in vain. So that you would do what you're doing would not be empty and not serve its purpose. Paul said, I would hate to see you backslide and move away from all that God has already done because you suffer and you were shaken in your affliction. But be encouraged. Be strengthened. Hallelujah. Because God is good to the last drop. Everything that he says. He needs. Yes, he does. Remember what Jesus said of the parable of the soils? I know we call it the parable of the sower, but it's really about the dirt. Come on, Dad. Come on. on it. I'm like, you go ahead. And you could you catch what he said. That God changed all of that direction this morning. So he's talking to somebody today. Come on. Remember in the parable of the soils, 
that the seed withered because of the heat of the trial. Because of the affliction and the pressure, the seed withered. And the enemy would love nothing more than for you to not reap the harvest. You have sown, you have watered, you have trusted, you have believed, you are standing. Come on, doesn't mean you've been perfect, doesn't mean that you haven't failed, doesn't mean that you ain't messed up, doesn't mean that you ain't walked in the flesh, doesn't mean that you ain't acted out like a heathen every now and then, but it means that there will be some things come out of your mouth that should come out of your mouth. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the fact that you're still here. I'm talking about the fact that you're still standing. I'm talking about the fact that you still make up your mind. That you feel that you've got that block. And that you said, you know what? Hallelujah, it ain't worth looking back. I have no desire to walk away from Jesus. There is nothing behind me that is worth giving up. Hallelujah, the peace and the freedom and the joy. That when I lay down at night and I put my head on the pillow, life might stink, but the brain is eating. Change is 
representing what I'm expecting with my faith. Because I have all faith in God that he can do the impossible. I have all faith in God that his favor is over my life as a child of the king. And that he hears every cry. He sees somebody. This is my expectation in the circumstances that are happening. Over here is what's really happening. And it's not aligning with my expectations. So between here and here is disappointment. And it creates a very big chasm between what you believe and expect and what is really happening. This is real time. I'm talking to some, I want to talk to some real people today. Are you with me? Come on. When, when our expectations do not come in alignment, it creates a big chasm called disappointment. Thank you, fellas. That was easy, right? Painless. So that, that, that chasm, that breach, that gap, where you stand, between what you're expecting and what you're seeing. Disappointment. Knowing that you have an appointment with afflictions. But, but that appointment brings disappointment. Are you with me? Yeah. Stay with me. What am I expecting from God? If I can say it like this, you've got to be spiritually minded to hear me for right now. When God becomes disobedient. Okay now. Come on. Come on, yeah, yeah. But 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 it's that it's that time when God becomes disobedient. In your eyes. Come on. Come on, yeah. So so what am I expecting from God? I think every one of us. Every one of us, there, there, there are two broad or general expectations that every one of us have from God. Number one is he'll be reasonable with me. He'll be reasonable to me. Come on. Yep. Come on. You said, what do you mean? I'm glad you asked. When a person does good things, good things happen to that person. When a person does bad things, bad things happen to that person. That's reasonable. Come on. One of the greatest things that people struggle with when you, when you talk to anybody who has not had any real connection with Jesus, they've not had a taste. Because listen, once you taste, you can, go, you can go drink anything else, eat anything else, partake anything else, but nothing is going to satisfy if you've really took a drink of that living water. Come on. Come on. But, but when you talk to people who have never tasted of Jesus, they've never had, they'll say, I, I struggle with God because I don't understand why bad things happen to good people. Amen. 
If God is such a good God, why do bad things happen to good people? And why does it seem like that the worst people get away with everything? Come on, somebody, do you hear me? That's reasonable. That's really not something that you should scoff at or say, oh, well, you deserve Because that's reasonable. And every one of us, when it comes to our expectations from God, I believe one of those is that he'll be reasonable to me. So it's reasonable that if I have done my best and I have given my best and I have done, I'm not talking about being perfect, but I'm talking about your heart being in the right position. It's reasonable to think that what I am asking him to do, he ought to do it because I am his and he is mine. That's reasonable. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? But what happens when God disappoints you? When it doesn't happen the way that you expect it. Do good things, you get good things. Do bad things, you reap bad things. That is the universal law of God. But I'm here to tell somebody today that for the believer, there's an appointment with afflictions, and afflictions bring disappointment, and sometimes. God doesn't meet your expectation. Amen. And if you're not careful, you will be convinced at that wagging of the tail that all of the faith that you invested in that expectation is in vain. It's empty, and that it has been to no avail. The second, I believe, broad or general expectation that everybody has from God is that we expect that God will be available to us. Yeah. Stay with me. Touch your neighbor. Say, listen. Yeah. Listen. Listen, Linda. That when I ask him something, he should always... Respond. That when I call on him, he ought to give me what I am asking. Because the Bible does say if you ask in faith, believing, nothing doubting, it shall be given unto you. Are you with me? So we, we, we expect God to be available to each of us. So I expect God to be available to me. So 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 I expect that he'll be reasonable to me, and I expect that he'll be available to me. What happens when he's disobedient? When he doesn't obey what I'm expecting? Come on, somebody. Some of you afraid to amen that because you're like, oh, that's that religious can't believe Come on, grow up. Amen. Fess up. Act like you ain't never thought that. Come on, somebody. I'm not, I'm not degrading God. I'm trying to help you understand. Hallelujah. That when things don't make sense, that there is an appointment with affliction that we all have, but it does not change who God is, where he is, what he can do, what he's willing to do. 
You remember in Exodus chapter 32 when the children of Israel, Amen, had been brought out of Egypt and they were now in the wilderness and Moses went up on the mountain to talk to God. He disappeared on them. He was gone up there 40 days and 40 nights. That's over a month. He disappeared on them. See, 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 I'm talking about when God seems like fiction. What do you mean by that, Pastor? I'm saying that when God does, amen, he doesn't exist in the context of your expectations of him. So he can appear to be fiction. I told you I was going to be real today. Doesn't matter whether you like it or not. Doesn't matter whether I like it or not. Hallelujah. They were, they were struggling because their leader had left them. And so now, their expectations when God's brought us out, he's going to lead us in. Now here we are, and where's Moses? He left us this, this, this wimpy whippersnitch. Amen. Aaron, he left us. You asked him a question. He said, I don't know. I need to ask Moses. It was a little uncertain, like, oh, dear Jesus, what am I going to do now? 30 seconds, you know, like you're praying to the Holy Ghost. When you get put in a position like, I, need, I got 30 seconds, Holy Ghost, speak to me right now. Well. If you've never been there, bless God. But now it seems like the God that delivered them didn't really care about them. And maybe even didn't exist because if he did, why would he leave us out here and our leader take off? Come on, somebody. Why would we be forsaken? So what do you do when God disappoints you? How many will admit that you've ever been disappointed by God? And I'm talking about by your expectations of what, come on. Come on, when you really love him and you know, you know that he doesn't disappoint. But you understand what I'm talking about today. Hallelujah, praise God. So here's what they did. They made a golden calf. And they began to worship that golden calf. But when you're like, oh, I would never do that. But here's what you've got to understand. That golden calf was really a young bull. And when you understand the, the, the history and the ancient history and the worship and the paganism, you will understand that, amen, that the young bull, amen, it represented, amen, strength. It represented fertility. It represented leadership. So what they were doing is they were putting something in the place of Moses because they felt like they needed some kind of strength I need somebody to help me in this place. Hallelujah. Their leader was missing. And so now they made this golden calf to replace Moses. Come on, somebody. Do you hear me? Hallelujah. Can I tell you that disappointment triggers idolatry? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Disappointment 
triggers idolatry. It reveals what you really worship. When you are in that chasm between what you are expecting from God and what the real life circumstances are presenting to you, uh, hallelujah, are you understanding me? Praise God, it will reveal what you really worship. They were longing for God. They, they, it, it wasn't that they didn't want God. See, we think, oh, okay, I'm cold. It wasn't that they didn't want God. They just believed that God didn't want them. Why would he leave them out there? Why would Moses go up and, and hang out on some mountain when we're down here twiddling our thumbs and we don't know where we're going and we don't know what to do? It's been 10 days. It's been 20 days. It's been a month. What in the world? Moses, come on, somebody. You understand? Don't act like we don't, that don't happen when we get disappointed. When we're in that chasm of what we're expecting in our faith and what the real-time circumstances are giving us. It wasn't that they wanted, didn't want God, but they were reaching for idols while they were waiting on God. And can I tell you that disappointment is a good thing? Because it shows you care. Disappointment comes when you care about something. Right, come on. Right. Come on, I know this is different today. Hallelujah. But I want you, I want to help you today to make you understand that every one of us have an appointment with affliction. But you do not have to shake and buckle under right. the affliction. Come on, there it is. You only get disappointed with what you care about. That's it. Come on, You say, well, I don't have any idols in my life. What, what, what are idols? Idols are anything, even good things, that become the ultimate thing. Your job, your money, your marriage, your family, ministry. Can I tell you ministry can become an idol? Come on. Oh, come on, somebody. Help me. Your family, sports, your time. Come on. Come on. When it becomes the ultimate thing. When God, regardless of what is happening here, God is still the only one worthy to be worshipped. Yes. He is the only one worthy to be praised. When the disappointment and what you are expecting does not align with reality. Not going to take from their testimony. But three weeks ago, almost four weeks, when we when, when, when we found out that the baby's heart quit beating. Our expectation, I say theirs and ours together yes. as a family, mm -hmm. was we won't settle for that. Mm -hmm. 
Amen. He's the God of resurrection. Yep. He's the God of life. And in us is dunamis power. And so Haley said, I don't want to hear any negative talk. I don't want to hear anybody say anything, even remotely negative. But we're going to worship. We're going to pray. And if you will, fast with us. And we're going to believe. God gave us this baby. And we're going to believe for her heart to beat again. That's what we did. Yep. That was on a Tuesday. We scheduled another ultrasound on Thursday afternoon. The four of us, us, me, and them, and Layton, we went in there with every expectation that that baby's heart was going to beat again. Would be beating. Yep. Only the real time circumstances said it's not. That's tough stuff. Yes, it's hard stuff. When you have the assurance and the peace and the expectation of everything that you preach, you teach, you believe, you hold fast to, you know you've seen do for others. Yes, sir. Yep. That he was going to yep. bring it to pass. Uh, amen, yeah. That was on a Thursday afternoon. <coughs> and I was walking down the driveway, taking the garbage to, to the edge of the road on that Thursday afternoon before we came to church. Mm-hmm. And if I'm honest with you, I was angry. Amen, yeah. I was not liking what was happening. Yeah. Come on. And I was struggling. I wanted to. Yeah, you did. Come on. Yep. I was in that chasm. Yeah. From what I expected. To what real time circumstances. Come on. I was walking down the driveway and I looked up and I said, God, I know that you didn't take that baby's heart. I believe that. Y'all believe what you want to, but I don't believe that way. Yeah, amen. And several people say, well, there must have been a reason. I don't believe that God took that baby's heart. No, come on. Life, sin, circumstances. Well, I don't understand why, but I don't believe God reached in there and sucked the life out of that baby. No, no. Devil did it. And I said, God, I know you didn't take her heartbeat, but you could give it back. That's right. Amen. Yeah. You could give it back. And I'm not liking this. I don't want to go to church tonight and stand up and declare that you're God and you're just and you're faithful and you're sovereign and you're holy. When right now, I'm bad. Come on. Amen. And my faith 
is struggling. Come on. Been there. I didn't like that appointment with affliction. Come on. Come on. And then watching your seed suffer. Yeah. And watching all of the things that I didn't like it. I, what I was expecting versus what real time was giving wasn't lining up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was struggling. My faith was, I felt, I felt the enemy standing before me, wagging, trying to shake me. Now, I can't speak for them because it's way different for them than it is for me. Come on. But he was standing before me, shaking his tail. Trying to get me to go a different course. Trying to get me. Trying to flatter me. Well, look at all that you've done. And all that you've been faithful to. And all that those that don't. And people that don't even care. And people that don't even serve God. And look at all of that. And all of those things. And I had to find that and cast that down in the moment. Come on. Thank God that the Holy Ghost is powerful, amen, and he will cover us and be with us. When I knew in my mind that I cannot let that stronghold begin to, to begin to grow in my mind, I cannot let that happen. But God, I'm struggling here. Come on, come on. I don't like this appointment. And if I'm honest, I still struggle. Yeah, come on. Be real. Let's be real. Maybe even a little more now than then. I don't know. My faith and trust in God remains the same. He's still really still faithful. I'm going to praise him regardless because he's been too good to me. He's been too faithful. And here's a little story. Here's a the man of God who understands all things. Come on, somebody. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But my point in that was being, hallelujah, that right there in the driveway, amen, as I said that to God and the enemy began to come at me, I could have created an idol right there. And that would have began, been uh, become the ultimate thing. Huh? Because you know what happens when the idolatry begins? God stops everything. Huh? Because when, come on somebody, when they, when Moses came down off of the mountain uh, with the tablets uh, of God's word uh, and they were worshiping that idol, uh, he broke those tablets. Why? Because they broke uh, their trust uh, and their faith in God. So I've come today to tell somebody, hallelujah, amen. I've been there, I'm there, and there's others in here that have been in a place of affliction. And millions have been in that same particular situation. So it's not foreign, hallelujah, but when it's yours, when it's your pain, it's real time. Come on, somebody, do you understand that? But I come to tell you today, hallelujah, that in your appointment with this affliction, you may not understand it, and you will be disappointed, but do not, do not let an idol get in the way.
place of the ultimate, and that is that God still on the throne. He is still faithful. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. So afflictions are unavoidable. Disappointment is unavoidable. But my response isn't. Afflictions are unavoidable. Disappointment is unavoidable. But my response isn't. I don't choose when I'm disappointed. You think I would have chose that moment? No. That don't happen in my house. Come on. Come on. You don't choose the disappointment. I don't choose what I'm disappointed over. But I choose how I respond to it. Come on. That's what I choose. And as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Because disappointment is an opportunity to exercise your faith. Come on, somebody give me a hearing. I said disappointment is an opportunity to exercise your faith. You remember, amen, praise God. When we were in school, we weren't allowed to use them. Amen. But you remember the calculators, amen, that had all the fandangled stuff on them, all of the things that you could do. You could do any kind of math, any kind of thing, put in the problem, and out comes the answer. Come on, somebody. Amen. And you think, you know what? I'll just pull out my calculator. Hallelujah. I didn't like math, but I was pretty good at it. Hallelujah. But you know what? You think, you know, I'm going to pull out the calculator. You just put in the problem and it's going to spit out the answer. And you write it down till you read the directions from the teacher on the test. And it says, show your work. <laughs> and you're like, now I've got to show how I come up with that answer. That's the way that we do with God. We put in the problem and we want him to send out the answer. But God says, that's not how it works.
eat the next time. Because it's in that process. Yes, it's in this chasm between what you expected and what's really happening. That growth takes Someone absolutely. Oh. That's the new girl. Yeah. Sister Rebecca, food don't grow on the top of the mountain. It grows in the valley. Come on. And it's nice to be on the mountain top, but if you're going to grow and you're going to prosper, you got to spend some time in the valley. Amen. You don't stay there, but you got to camp sometimes. Sometimes the vacation's longer than you want. Sometimes the chasm is longer than you want. And sometimes you come up out, even though you didn't get the answer that you want, because you know he's the God of the mountain, but he's also the God of the valley. Come on, somebody, do you hear me? Hallelujah. He's the one that turns graves into gardens, bones into armies. Come on, somebody, seeds into Fulfilling your expectations. Damn, there it is. I said he's more interested in growing your faith than he is in fulfilling your expectations. Oh, somebody help me. That's a good place to put your hands together and bless the Lord out of the Church. That, that, 
Yeah. Yeah. Internet church bugs me. Yeah. Yeah. It just it bugs me. There's a purpose for things, but it bugs me. So I don't want my performance to be increased. I need my faith to grow. Come on. If God was always available, you know, you could input your problems and spit out the answers. You don't, you, you don't care. You don't, you don't know. You, you, you don't want to know how he got to that. You just want to know that that's the right answer. Come on. Come on. We pray like that. We, 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 we put in the problem and then we, we want God to just output the answer. Can I tell you, that's not God. That's a vending machine. And there's a lot of people sitting in, in, in churches today trying to put a man 250 in and get a man a blessing out of it. But here's the thing. They want to choose. Vending yeah. machines offers you choices. An appointment with affliction doesn't give you an option. Come on, somebody. You can't choose the disappointment. You can't choose when the appointment happens. You can't choose the pain, the grief, the sorrow, the hurt. You can't choose all of that. It's already appointed unto you. You can't get away from it. So you don't get to pick. Well, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a diet coke and a hoe. <laughs> I'll have a double quarter pounder with extra large fry and a biggie diet. I'm not going to make babies anymore, but I'm trying to make them. Back in the day. In the late 80s, we would, we'd go to church on Sunday night. We'd pass rallies after church. It was by the church. Every Sunday after church. We're talking, we was in church till 10 o'clock. Come on, we can do it. <laughs> go through the drive-thru. Two big Bufords. Yep. A large fry and the biggest stock coke you got. Go to bed on that mess. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah, only by the grace of God I'm still breathing today. <laughs> only by the grace of God that the grease from those fries didn't stay in my arteries. Come on now. Come on, I'm being honest with you. Are you with me? We don't always get to choose it, amen, but sometimes because if we chose it, we would take enough of, of, amen, of, of, of what was really we shouldn't, uh, didn't really want, but then we would get just, amen, something else, just enough, you know, to appease our, ourselves and to justify what we're doing. Thank God I've been set free from diet pop. Five years this month. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For over 30 years. Thank God he set me free. I'm drinking on my judgment. I'm just telling you, he freed me from it. He's not a vending machine. But as they get ready, I want to flip the script on you for just a second. Because we make it all about us, don't we? But can I tell you something? Hang with me. All eyes up here. Let the kids be seated. Let them do their thing. You don't need to watch. Pay attention. In our relationship with God, because that's what this is about, right? We're not talking about living in the world. We're talking about those of us who... We have a relationship with God. 
Can I tell you that we're not the only ones to get disappointed? Come on, come on. We're not the only ones. Have we always been reasonable to God? Thank God. Have we always been reasonable to God? When the Bible says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, only accept the Lord, that is your reasonable service. But have we always been present for Him? He's always present for us, but have we always been present for Him? Have we always been available? We always been there when he's needed us. See, and here we are now. I'm talking to me. Here we are now, ready to cast him aside over a deal that we came to keep us up. We're ready to throw everything aside over. Proposition that we can't even keep ourselves. And we're going to throw him under the bus because our expectations are not in alignment with the real time circumstances. Now thank God for grace. Right? He always keeps his appointments. When has he ever failed to make the Holy Ghost available to us? He said that to me this morning. Have I ever refused you access to the Holy Spirit? No, but I sure have refused to go in when I needed him. Are you with me? Yes. Talking about an appointment with affliction. Has he ever failed to take what was painful? What was illogical and somehow making for good? He's never failed to do that for me. He's never failed. So as you stand with me today, we all have an appointment with affliction. And God never promised that they would turn out the way that we want them to turn out. did promise to always be faithful to deliver us from the affliction. I believe I'm talking to some people today who are in an affliction. You're dealing Maybe you're in that chasm between what you have expected, what your faith has believed and you know to be true because you've seen it do for others. When he's taken just in, just in the last year there was a, another mom-to-be who found out her pregnancy was in the tubes. And before she went in to let them do anything, she went to church and prayed. Don't you know that God moved 
that baby out of her tubes into her womb, and that baby has now had his first birthday. You see, that was my expectation. That's the expectation that what he done for others, surely he wants to do that for me. It's only right. Right? It's only fair. It's only logical. No one asked for that. But there's some people here today, that's where your faith is. And you're standing in that chasm between what you have expected and what's real time. And the disappointment is real. It's real. And it's unavoidable. But it's your response that's going to make the difference. And I've come today to encourage some people in this house. Listen, I'm not, I'm not a prophet in that sense. I prophesy, but I'm not, I don't consider myself a prophet. But we were talking this morning before service. I believe, I don't have any words for this, and I don't have any kind, but I believe that as fall sets in, I, I mentioned a little bit on Thursday night, I, I don't believe that we're done seeing turmoil and even some serious things. I believe there's some there's some things that are on the horizon. But here's what I believe. That in the midst of it, in the midst of it, we're going to stand talking about God's people and His favor. He's going to be our protection, our provision, our purpose, and He's going to reveal His glory of his people in the midst of it. I'm not prophesying that. That's just something that I, I feel in my spirit. So what's your point? Your, my point is that right now in this appointment that you have uh, with affliction, it is pivotal how you respond uh, because you never know when the next appointment is going to come. And you say, surely my heart couldn't take anything else. Uh, but it's not us that chooses the appointment. It's God and he knows. Uh, so I want to speak to somebody today. Uh, if you're in this place and you're lost and you don't know Jesus, please come. Please say yes to Jesus right now. Right now. Hallelujah.